What's up, everyone? This is Adam Mades from DNVR, excited to talk to you about American financing. Everyday bills are high, and everything is still very expensive, which is why, if you own a home, I want you to call our friends at American Financing. Interest rates are lower than they've been in a long time. They're saving their customers, on average, $854 a month by tapping into their home's equity and wiping out high-interest credit card debt. Their salary-based mortgage consultants are in it for you. Their job is to save you money. Call American Financing and tell them DNVR sent you today, and you may be able to delay two mortgage payments. That's 303-695-7000, 303-695-7000, or go to AmericanFinancing.net slash DNVR. Today's episode of the DNVR Nuggets podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Right now, you can download the app and use promo code DNVR when you do. Uh, also want to tell you about Green Mountain Dental Group, the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, just 10 minutes from downtown Denver. This has been one of our long-term partners, guys. You want to check them out. When you sign up for a cleaning x-ray exam, you get a free Sonicare toothbrush. This is a great toothbrush. An incredible deal. But even beyond that, you just want to go because they're a family-owned business. You know I love that. They're local. You know I really love that. And they really care about their clients. So when you get there, you get in their system. You know, they're going to send you cards on your birthday, holidays. They're going to stay in touch with you. When you come in, they're going to remember who you are. And they just do a really great job of taking care of all of your dental needs and dental uh, health needs. So check them out. Green Mountain Dental Group right there in Lakewood, Colorado. The best damn family-owned dentist in all of the metro area. You're muted, my man. Adam is muted, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> mute, 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 mute. <laughs> what is up, everybody, and welcome into the Winner's Lounge. Let's go. You don't have any of this stuff uh, ready to go. There it is. You do have one. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> the Winner's Lounge here, guys. The Nuggets get back-to-back wins for the first time this season. Thank God. They're on a streak, baby. We're going streaking. We're going streaking. <laughs> I'll take this off right now. Uh, so I'm joined, of course, I'm Adam Mates. I'm joined by my esteemed colleagues over here. Uh, it's D-Line Co. What's up, guys? What a terrible, terrible game. Wow, that was fantastic. Got that down, baby. Our that energy dumb. is fantastic for that game because that game is energy is, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, and then, of course, we got back. We got him oh. back. Superstar Dev. What up, Dad? I'm glad that everybody else is excited that I'm back. I'm excited to be back. And I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm here for the rest of the year. I'm ready. No more breaks. I'm ready. <laughs> we got to win. And we're here at the Digital Winners Lounge, of course. Sad that we couldn't be at the DMVR bar in the night it opened. Sad. No. What a shame, man. What a pity. Uh, but we have, you know, we're trying to be responsible here. Contact tracing. Shout to MPJ. Shout to MPJ. He was partying with MPJ, and uh, you know, now we, we all have to, you know, kind of make sure we're all safe here. So, we're we're here uh, a little bit later in the show. Harrison Wind is going to be joining us live from Pepsi Center, letting us all know all about what uh, went down, what Michael Malone had to say. Nikola Jokic. Uh, I don't know who else. Who else do you think is going to talk today? Who else is getting the podium game today, Dev? <laughs> Uh, maybe Baku, he got, he got his opportunity, he got some moments, maybe he gets a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah, Faku, maybe. He's kind of, he's definitely one of the, uh, one of the stories here. Like, you know, him being in the, in the rotation now, two games in a row, feel good guy. Um, Dev, you're, I think your mic needs to be boosted. Actually, Kale, can you boost Dev's mic? He's kind of soft to me. He um, keeps, like, moving back from his mic. This that is, like that straight, is what he's doing. It's actually Dev's fault. He's like, this is, like, oh, straight oh, rookie ball. Straight it's, rookie it's ball. Angle. I get to see you guys from a different angle. <laughs> straight rookie. Um, so, all right. Well, you guys, we always start. The Nuggets do get the win. So, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did not enjoy that game on a scale of 1 to 10. <laughs> that game was, like, a 3. Yeah. It was... It was more frustrating because, look, Denver should have won this game by 20 points. And, look, it's the NBA. The teams have pride. We got great performances from Wancho, Jared Vanderbilt. Shouts to the former homies. Um, they they sh- they balled out. They You could tell this game meant something. But, you know, my big question that I want to start with, before I go to big takeaways. Actually, no, I'll go to big takeaways first. I'll <laughs> save this question for later. But, Dev, you're watching this game unfold. What's, what's your number one thing you're going to take away from it? My number one thing is I'm not going to be as low on the game overall. Um, as more as it was a win where Malone got to tweak a few things and got to see a few things with the, the, the second unit and how he would try to close games and, and just a way to close. It was great for them to see, 
that Jokic is going to be their guy down the close, and also to get a win without Jamal Murray having one of his huge games. So I think that my big takeaway was that the Nuggets got it done, even though it didn't look the, the way that we're accustomed to. Yeah. I mean, last year Denver got a lot of ugly wins against bad teams, um, but last year they were never below 500. So I think maybe there's part of that that's factoring into this is we want to feel good about this team and we want to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. They're, they are, in fact, good. Like, we all want that moment where we can say, oh, yeah, this team is good. But right now they have wins against the Houston Rockets, terrible team. Two wins against the Minnesota Timberwolves without Carlton Towns, terrible team. And, and the way that it happened tonight, to me, in my opinion, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here, but in my opinion, it was just a little... You know, a little, a little shaky. Eric, what was your big takeaway? Uh, the big takeaway was, I mean, Jokic can do whatever he wants. Like, he had a really sloppy first half and then, like, just put the entire Denver Nuggets on his back and willed them to a win. Uh, Jamal Murray came out on fire and then just, like, completely took himself out of the game. Like, wasn't even looking for his shot. Like, it was just such a strange game, like, o overall. Like, I, I had no feel for that game at all. Evidence the fact that I absolutely murdered my bed tonight. Just ab just destroyed through and through. <laughs> Do you uh you 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 felt like your bets were bad tonight? I had Gary Harris one and a half threes. I took the over. <laughs> I took the over like a clown, Yo, man. Paul Millsap was down for one to make one three. He made zero threes. <laughs> oh man, they know. They they can they, tell with Gary Harris. No. So we had Kelly Oubre go off, and I was like, all right, you know what? Gary's not a great shooter, but he's not this yeah, bad. <laughs> I felt I, that same way. He's due, but I don't even—he didn't even look at the basket tonight. Jokic was impressive in this one, man. Like, uh, as he continues to be. Actually, I don't know if he was impressive. He was frustratingly impressive. Like, it, I think Ryan Blackburn uh, put it out from Denver Stiffs put it out on, on Twitter, and it was a hundred percent true. This was his worst game of the season. It just so happened to be that his worst game is thirty-five points. You know, what, what was the whole stat line? I don't even—I just moved computers here, so I have to pull it up here. But it was, it was an, insane, an insane stat line that for most players, that would be their best stat line of the entire season. Am I being too harsh on the guy, Dev? I love the guy. People think I'm a somebody, was a... somebody in the comment section the other day that was saying I'm a Jokic hater or something like this. Think about the absurdity of this I'm telling this you, comment. man, you, you have a, just a special way to make everyone think that you hate the player that they like. It doesn't matter who it, it is. is. true. Jokic, it, it literally my favorite player of all time, and it's, there's not a close second. Like, it, it, really, it really, really is anything near. But tonight... You know, I mean, I do judge him on a curve in large part because I think he's the MVP of this of, of the season. I think he's one of the best players in the NBA. 35 points, 15 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, 1 blocks. That's a pretty monster stat line. I give him a B plus. Okay, maybe an A minus. Maybe an A minus. <laughs> it's like, it couldn't be further from, like, the truth. Like, everything about Jokic is Adam. Adam is Jokic on the court. <laughs> and, and also, That's you know, actually played with me. You're one of the biggest advocates there is for for Jokic, so it's kind of it's kind of ironic and funny for him to say that. But yeah, this was a game that Jokic, although he had a monster stat line, it was not a great game for him. There was a lot of plays that you just like shook your head on, or it was just like you questioned what was actually happening. Then there was like there was a frustration fouls, there was some some weird turnovers, there was him like there was a point in the game that he decided not to try to score, and then it was as if. When when Vanderbilt uh, went after him, he just kind of like turned it on, and and he went through that whole spurt that the refs were in. like. It seemed like the refs were against him. Like he pulled yeah. himself up from the rim um, and got his technical foul. Then it looked like he got another technical foul. It was it was a lot going on for him. But then you look up at the scoreboard and you're like, oh, he still looks like the best player in the league. Like that is insane to think about. Like if a person just looks at the stats, if they're watching a different game and and they look at the stat book. Jokic had a monster game. This is one of – you would guess right. it was one of his better games of the year, and, and it wasn't. Um, right. He's he's on a different world. He, he's, he's playing at a different level, and, and they went through him um, to close the game. Jokic, although it wasn't a great game for him, it was an MP, MVP game for him. So that was, that was exciting to see. That has to be the takeaway of the game. Yeah. I mean – I don't know if we have the graphic yet ready, but I'm guessing he's going to be king of the game. In fact, I don't even think we, I don't even think we voted on this. Well, there we go, no, king no, of the no. game. <laughs> some, some games there's no conversation about it. Somebody yeah, was in yeah. my mentions was like, I think it's Monte, and I'm like, guys, we, you know, Faku had that great game last game, and we gave it to him, even though Jokic had the triple double and Murray no. had the 36. We still get because you can be a role player that gets the king of the game, that steals the king of the game from a great player, but Jokic tonight, I mean. Even though I'm giving him a B plus, not an A minus, he still was pretty pretty damn good. 
Yeah, that was like that was not really. I mean, <laughs> like the last game. Yeah, exactly. When we gave it to uh, to Faku and everyone was mad at us. Like, if we would have given it to anybody but Jokic, I feel like we would have just gotten just a thousand down votes. Like, there's yeah. just no way that we could have gotten away with that. I like this comment here, though. This is the biggest takeaway. Jokic can do a pull up. I'm not I know. Kidding, man. I dunk. did not think he could. <laughs> no. He had two dunks tonight, right? Two dunks, no triple yeah. doubles, two dunks, and one pull up. And um, as much as it was frustrating that he did the pull up because it was so clearly going to get him attack, it was kind of <laughs> nice to see, man. Like that guy's showing off. He, he wants everybody to know this is the new bodied Jokic. It was also the move that got to the rim for the, the pull up. He like, went under the defense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure how a seven footer goes under the defense. He goes under the defense. Then does the dunk. Then he pulls himself up and looks around like, yeah, I, I do. I could do that. I think it, it even chopped him. Um, and that's what he's been doing on his dunks. He's pulling himself up just to like really prove like this is my new body. I'm ready for it. The, the funny thing about Jokic tonight is he gets 35 points and he was 12 of 20 shooting, right? So he goes 60%, which is pretty good. For Jokic's standards, pretty good. Um, he missed four or five of those eight misses were layups. Like – Tonight, he could have easily had 43, 44 points because the shots, it wasn't like he was bricking threes or, or you know, tough shots. So, um, and he's actually kind of missed a, a lot of those bunnies tonight. But, hey, we're not going to complain too much about Jokic tonight. We do, we should probably talk about the fouls, though, because I think Jokic gets a tough whistle. I don't think this is too controversial. Like, he gets the, the cuts on his arms all the time. But he does get favorable whistles, in my opinion, off ball. Like, he's really crafty at drawing some of the, like, oh, I'm cutting across the lane and he grabs me. And, of course, in that Lakers series, some of that backfired on him, you know, this or that. But when he's going to the rim, I think he really does get a tough whistle. When he's under and around the basket, he's a finesse player. I got so frustrated with, uh, it was Mike Prada, actually, I think formerly of SB Nation. I don't know where he is anymore. But he had this comment over the weekend where he's like, yeah, on the perimeter, they call fouls differently because a touch bothers the shot. And I'm thinking, no, inside it, but it doesn't matter where you are. If you're touching, if you use a finesse and somebody hits your arm, you miss, it affects the shot. And so I get so frustrated, but it's true. When you're a big and you're around the basket, they just let a lot go. And Jokic, I think, tonight he snapped. I didn't think he was going to snap this year. He snapped tonight. I think also he's just really smart about how he gets his, uh, his, his fouls. For the referees, you kind of have to make the foul if, if he decides to get bumped and then makes a travel, like if he does a travel on it, he makes sure to like you have to call it. It's like when the guys go up for a like a, a rebound or something and then they fall over. You have no choice but to call it because there was clearly contact. He kind of forces you to uh, to call it. Now when he's going to the rim and he makes those type of uh, of plays, they're not giving him the same whistle, and I think that's where the problem yeah. comes. Plus, the, you know the um, playoffs is more physical, um, so he does have to get around that and. He keeps on having a big year like he's having right now. I mean, he's going to be in the MVP discussion, so it'll start to get better. Um, but, yeah, he's still – like you said, he had been so great about not taking the, the foul when he's frustrated or just the foul just to, to stop Man, the you know, – I thought he was doing so much better at that, and now he's starting to revert back to those ways. Um, but you can't be upset about it because he's putting up such these big numbers, and, and he also showed that – he, he could come back after that. So maybe it was even like a mental thing. Like he, he did that. He had to sit down for a little bit and he's like, okay, now I'm, I'm in a rhythm. So maybe there's some comfort with him when he makes those type of calls uh, or foul. Yeah, dude. It, look, it feels like uh, Jokic has made another uh, like enemy ref in the league. Maddox. Oh, like, dude, Maddox, like, Maddox was at the center of all these bad calls. Tonight. Yo, it was like, I mean, it was like, it felt like it was getting a little bit personal. Like, you know, it was like, uh, like starting to get uh, shades of, um, oh, I don't know. Who, 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 who would you say is the number one Jokic adversary when it comes to, to refs? You got Tony Brothers. Yo, no, yeah, it's uh, probably Tony Brothers, uh, no, right? Tony Brothers may be number one, but um, Rodney Mott. Right, right, oh yeah, Rodney well. right. yeah. yeah, dude, Maddox was uh, was throwing his hat in the ring there to, to see yeah. if he could be the new Jokic number one adversary. He was like, uh, and, and it's funny too because it's such a strange reaction when Jokic is frustrated that he doesn't get a call that he then fouls to try to show the ref up somehow. <laughs> like the ref is like, yeah, that that what you just did was a foul, but it doesn't make me reflect upon well, what you want me to have called. Well, no, you're wrong. It oh. we remember this. It's a not right. 
Well, he was in straight huge, in not mode. It, it is the cut off your nose despite your face thing here, where it's like, yeah, it really hurts me, but it kind of hurts you, so it's worth it. Like, totally I'm sure, worth I, it. Uh, I yeah, saw I'm that gonna, in the face of Matt. She was like, man, I, I hate to call this because I hate, uh, to, get, I hate to get showed up. <laughs> the worst part about it is the innocent player that, that is bringing the ball up the court that just gets whacked because this guy is upset about it. <laughs> I know. He's like, why? Yeah, yeah, what did you I do with this? Strange. You just get whacked for like. I didn't even value. I don't know why. What a weird game, man. It was a weird game. But I will say, there's a groan across the entire state. If you had your windows open tonight, you could hear it. As soon as Jokic gave that take foul in the backcourt, it's like, no! Because <laughs> his fouls, man, I'm telling you, there's like no nothing more precious in the NBA than Jokic's fouls. Like, every it's single true. foul is so costly. So, you know, him him giving those ones, I just, I hope he get better. Tonight, it, it he snapped. So- Hopefully, so uh, like I've, I've never noticed foul. I've never noticed fouls like I have with with Nikola Jokic. Like a, any other player, like they foul whatever. You're like, oh, how many do they have? Like three. Like the second the whistle blows, I'm like, that's his third. That's his third foul. He's got right. three or yeah. whatever. Like I know the exact of count course. the entire time. I have like a little a little clicker that I have. Yeah, exactly. Everybody does. But I, I mean, the the flip side. We're, we it's funny that we talked so much about the bad things that he brought because. I'm telling you, I've I've thought Jokic was incredible as a rookie. <laughs> I thought he was great as a sophomore. You know, I thought he was great in the playoffs last year. This this level that he's at right now, this level of comfort is just so so absolutely incredible that so many things could kind of go against him tonight, and he still ends up with that stat line again. I'm going to say it again. He was a plus 13. That's a team high. No no shock there. 35 points, 15 rebounds, six assists, three steals, one block. Like that's all. I mean, he did it all. He filled up the entire the, the entire stat sheet. The next player I want to go to. A little surprising here. Oh, next player I want to go to is Will Barton because I thought this was a good bounce back game from him. He, ne- he needed one. He'd had like four bad games in a row, I thought. But tonight, he was a guy that really stood out to me. Number one defensively, he was also a team high plus thirteen, so he matches Jokic there. Um, he gets twenty points, seven rebounds, three assists, two steals. Like okay, those are good numbers. The, the the points, you know, especially that stands out to you. But to me, it was. He took the defensive assignments, I thought, down the stretch of this game. And he, even even throughout the game, I thought his defense was good. But down the stretch, Denver couldn't get a stop from anybody, man. They could, Nobody could stay in front of the ball tonight. And there were times where he jumped out at Anthony Edwards, jumped out at D'Angelo Russell, and made made defensive stops that Denver desperately needed. So to me, Will Barton, he's the prince of the game. You think so? I I would I would deem I would give Prince of the Game to Jermichael Green. Jermichael Green is he that you're right you're right. There's two princes. Jokic had two sons. <laughs> wow, <laughs> two princes isn't yeah, that two. a isn't that a famous song? <laughs> yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Um, I don't know. Well, what did you think, Eric, of, of Barton tonight though? I thought Barton like stepped up when it was needed. He did a lot of things that I found like kind of frustrating. Uh, he shot the ball on times that I wanted him to pass. He passed when I wanted him to shoot. Like. Uh, but in the end, I mean, you know, if we're talking about how he has been playing versus how he played tonight, like this was absolutely a much better game from Barton. And like you were able to rely on him uh, in ways that you weren't able to before. Um, I think he loves, you know, he just loves playing along Jokic. That's really what it comes down to. Like, um, but, what's, you know, like what's I, tough I know. is I kind of like Jokic playing. A, this is this is the like. There's a little bit of a paper, rock, scissors here because I like Faku next to Jokic. I just like it with those staggered lineups. I don't like Barton next to Faku, though. So no. there's this, and then Barton wants to play with Jokic. So there's this big, like, little, you know, how, how do you make these things work? But I don't know. I just thought his defense, I mean, the story of the night to me was you're watching this game and you're kind of like, Denver can score on Minnesota pretty easily once they get it going. They had a little bit of clunkiness trying to solve some of what, what Minnesota was doing, namely sinking off of shooters and clogging the paint and daring them to make an outside shot, which they could not win that dare. But, um, you know, part of this was just they needed to get like four or five stops and he provided them. Um, Deb, what did you make of Barton's night? I'm more on, on D-line side. There were so many frustrating like moments of the game that really stand out um, that you're just like, why did you do that? Or why did you not make the extra pass and things like yeah, that? But right. I think that that's just a lot of um, what comes with Barton. I also think that's why you like Barton with Jokic at times and then also not with like Faku because with Faku, he has to be perfect. Will Barton has to make the right decision or right. yep. if it's yep. not perfect, it makes it so difficult because – Great point. Because Barton is he's – a, he's a person that – he's a line. Like, you just don't know what to expect from him. He's just playing basketball. There's there's some guys that play with IQ. There's some guys that are knocking down shots. 
he does a little bit of everything. He just he's a he's a he's a gunner. Um, at times he's really aggressive. He doesn't make the extra pass. He's doing all of these type of things, but he's also a playmaker. So you have to take the good with the bad with Barton. And also he, like you said, um, he did take on a lot of defensive um, assignments today. And that was with, you know, he had to be an offensive player with Michael uh, Porter Jr. out of the game. Um, and it, it put him in the starting lineup, but he also had to be the defender for the Nuggets. So of course you remember all of these negative um, plays in the game because he's the one that's having to take those assignments. Right, he's I agree. With so many guards against him, and also while Barton um, does not look completely healthy, that was the healthiest we have seen Barton in a very, very long time. He's dunking the ball, he's getting to his spots, and he's getting lift. Um, he's grabbing rebounds, he's altering shots at the rim. Like that was Barton being a, a better thing. But then you you just remember so many negative plays because that that comes with Barton. Yeah, it does. Yeah. He had that yeah. thunderous dunk, though, dude. That was that was some, some that vintage Barton. That felt good. But yeah, I don't that know. Great, Barton was that like great, pretty good. The the great cut from Gary too at the end. I mean, when Gary made that cut, I mean that was a big play. The game was not put away. Like Denver definitely. It reminded me honestly of Game One. This game tonight reminded me of Game One against Sacramento, the first game of the season, because Denver should have won that one too. Yep. And there were moments, especially when you go back and rewatch it, you're like, oh, they're up four with a minute. Yeah, they won yep. this game and they didn't. And there was a moment tonight where they were up, I think, only five points or something like that and i'm like they're just close enough to be able to blow this if they get dumb and when gary made that drive to the basket not having anywhere to go and it looked like he was he was, was, stuck. About, he he was, was stuck. so stuck in there barton, Mer- saved barton saved him with a great cut and it turned i turned a horrible game-changing play into a okay now they're up seven or whatever so i thought barton was good tonight he sounds like you guys are a little less impressed he did make two three-pointers though two of denver's Ooh. eight which was only second most because the first most belongs to none other than Jamichael Green, who goes three of three from the three-point line tonight. Yo, 17 points, so six rebounds, one assist. He goes five of eight from the floor. You guys that have watched this show for a long time know with role players, and Jamichael Green's a role player. He's not a star. He's not, he's not like a fringe star. He's a role player. With role players, my number one trait, I want you to know what you're good at, know what you're not good at, and stick to those things. And I think Jermichael Green, so far, we're still getting to know his game. I mean, obviously we've seen him as an opponent, but never followed him you know, game by game. So far, he seems to be an elite one of those guys. Like, he's never out of bounds. You know, he's always in the spot he's supposed to be in, never trying to do too much. So um, I, I'm really high on him, and I'm going to say it. I think that we undervalued not having him. Of the, I, when I say we, I mean me, and then I'm blaming you guys. But I, 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 I think we. Maybe, maybe We're like, I'm, Green was great. Green was awesome. You're like, it's no, Barton. I'm saying the first four games of the season, yeah. you know, Denver, we're talking about the bench, and it doesn't make sense. And, oh, my God, what's going on? But it turns out he might be as good as anybody off of the bench or as valuable as anybody. Um, so I was really impressed with him. What do you think, Dev? Do, do you think Denver with him? We need it to was, like it was, throw it was out. It's great to have him in the lineup, and it, it's actually so shocking that he's only thirty years old because he has a, a a old feel to his game. He literally does all of the perfect things, all of the things that you need. He he understands every single situation. Um, he, he's he's a, he stars in his role. Really, he stars in his role. He's knocking down three pointers. Um, he, he plays good defense. Um, and you don't have to ask too much of him. You don't ex- you don't see him taking ill-advised shots. You don't see him not making the extra pass. Like, he's never out there being the person that you're staring at the most. You don't notice him unless yeah. it's a positive play. There's not, yeah. like, plays that you're like, well, why didn't he grab that rebounder? Why didn't he make that switch on defense? He's not the person that you're staring at, and, and that makes it great. It's, it's it's always good to be the person that no one is just staring at the entire time because now, now you have expectations. There's not many expectations for him. It's just go out there and do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, he has a great thing for him today. It's so nice to have him like come in and bring some calm to that bench and just. I mean, a lot of times with that bench unit, like people like PJ Dozier, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Sometimes he just like drives and gives the ball up. He's like you don't know what's happening it's like as soon as the ball goes into grants or into green's hands you're like okay like this this something good is going to happen or he just right. he just looks poised um he's obviously done this before he it, it just and he really is like a, a a really he's he's a complete amalgamation of jeremy grant and paul Millsap. like <laughs> if you if you combine those two and uh, you know you get the the good defensive uh presence that paul Millsap brings he's not quite as 
rangy as uh, as Grant is, but he does have those big long arms. But he can just knock down that three, man. That is like so. Um, that's obviously the most impressive part of his game. Is like that that three just will not. It, like go out. It just I'm drops. curious in the comment section too for this one. So this is a question to everybody watching live right now. But I'm I'm you're I'm gonna go to you, Eric. Where does he rank on your like automatic rank? Because we were talking about Millsap being like <laughs> as high as just about anybody. But where's where's Jermichael? Oh man, I mean, I mean, we were making we were making jokes earlier. Like uh, somebody was like, oh, I, I, is he gonna be able to shoot ninety? You know, and where I was like, from three, yeah, no problem, absolutely. Like. Yeah. I, every time he shoots the ball, I feel, <laughs> feel like it's going in. He's got such nice form, and he's, like, so steady. He, he doesn't force anything, just like Dev's saying. Like, he just plays right into the role. Like, he allows the ball the, the ball and the play to come to him, and he just does the right thing. And so, and his his three is just wet for that reason. Like, he just doesn't shoot it if it's, if it's not if it's not there. I think he's high on my three-pointer, um, three-point three percentage type of thing, because when you think about how often he's playing, right now they don't have Michael Porter Jr. He took minutes away from – Millsap today or um, Hartenstein usually would get a couple of minutes. So he's not in there for super duper long. So he's going to be able to hit a shot or two. And then also he's with the second unit like who gets you some open shots also. All he has to do is shoot two a game. He makes one or he doesn't make one. He probably doesn't shoot many more of them. So I think that he's going to be high. And, and how open he's, he is with the second unit, he's going to have open looks. He doesn't turn down open looks. That Composo green pick and pop, man, that's deadly because Composo is really good when he can, like, you know, he just has great timing on that, like, backwards pass to the pop guy. Um, I like the comment that you just had up there about uh, – Millsap is the dad and, and Jermichael Green's the uncle because they do they <laughs> so do both. It's so true, man. Like it's actually really fitting because uh, so yeah, we we we've decided that Paul Millsap is not actually Dev's dad, but is Jermichael Green <laughs> actually your uncle? Do we know? Yeah, do we know this? No, no, we're, we're the same. We're <laughs> the same. That's so true. <laughs> not that, that 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 age has to do with all of that. Stuff. <laughs> when you think of uncle, you think of someone that's older than you and things of that nature. But yeah, I can see them two having a, a two-man game of spades or or a horseshoe. <laughs> Those two are old souls. Well, let's hit our first break here, guys. On the other side, we got to talk about Jamal Murray because I thought this was a, a weird uh, step-down game from him. He'd been so consistent this one, a little bit quiet. But before we get there, guys, Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. Don't forget, supporting, supporting our partners is supporting us. And we are a Breckenridge Brewery company through and through. In fact, look at this. Look, look at record. that. Look at, look that. at that. Built in, built in uh, marketing right here. The new, the new uh, one. Tell me about it, uh, Eric. The Juice Drop. Uh, the hazy juice drop. I mean, uh, it's it's a juicy, hazy, delicious beverage. If you're, uh, if you, I mean, it, it you got to be like kind of a beer guy to, to know the the difference between all of these uh, specific types of beers. But you know, uh, a hazy juice drop. It's like you've got a little bit of like actual fruit flavor that comes through in on top of like an IPA kind of flavor. And so you get that that bitterness from the hops, and then you get yeah. like the the sweetness, sweetness that comes through. Yeah, yeah. and so. Um, yeah, it's a big beer, man. Uh, I'm a I'm a fruit beer person. I'm a you big are a fan. Fruit beer you shamelessly are a fruit beer so, shamelessly <laughs> so. Uh, but check out Breckenridge Brewery, and then of course you guys can always check out the farmhouse where they have great food and outdoor dining, socially distanced, of course, and then all of their great beers: Palisade Peach, Avalanche Amber, Colorado, Colorado Core, Hot Peak, Strawberry Sky, Vanilla Porter <laughs> Jr. The Vanilla Porter Jr. is coming back. I hear on Thursday. Oh, right the VPJ, the, the Vanilla Porter Jr. has been uh, kept away from the other beers long enough. You can bring it back. <laughs> it has indeed. That is exactly what happened. Also, want to tell you guys about MSU Denver Online. Now it's the now is the time to apply for classes. Spring semester starts January 19th. Time and time again, one thing that protects you against economic downturn is an education, allowing you to adapt into varying careers. Go and build your toolbox at MSU. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. And they've got great teachers there, great professors. Of course, we know one great professor, uh, friend of the show, all-star first ballot Hall of Fame guest on the DNBA show, uh, Dr. Travis Heath. He's a professor there, so you can go there and take a class from him. So whether just talk you're interested the whole time, just talk yeah the whole time. You get an A, you're like, hey, what do you know? Um, but you, you guys know if you, 
with a college education, especially with an online, uh, a, a university that allows you an online opportunity, you can work and go to school at the same time. You can go there if you just want to learn something. You've always wanted to learn a subject or whatever. Now you've got some extra time on your hands because who can go anywhere? Maybe you want to take a course there or maybe you want to switch careers, guys. Now's a great time to do that um, and sign up. Their semester begins here in just a couple weeks. All right, let's get back into it here. So Jamal Murray, let's start with him. 32 minutes tonight. Which is also a little bit strange because you get 36 from Barton, 37 from Jokic. But you have 32 minutes from Jamal Murray tonight. 13 points, 3 assists, 1 rebound. That's a really quiet stat line. A really quiet one. Even more quiet, just 3 of 7 from the floor. Yo, it's, his night was so crazy. He came out on fire. On it fire. Looked like, it looked like it was going to be exactly like carbon copy of the last game with the, the Wolves, which in a lot of ways it was, where you, it was just like unnecessarily close until the end when Jokic was like, all right, enough of this garbage and just put him to sleep. But yeah. Murray just like, he looked tired to me, man. Like he just looked, uh, he came out, he had it, and then he just like didn't want it. He like, it wasn't even that he, he missed a few and he was like, nah, whatever. Like you guys handle this. I'm, uh, I'm just going to yeah. float around. Like he, he wasn't doing anything really. Float is a great way to put it. That's what I felt like he did after that first part. And he looked a little frustrated. I don't know with what exactly. Um, but yeah, it was just a weird night because he's been so consistent. I was so, uh, you know, everybody's entitled to a, a, you know, a half bad game. I don't think it was a whole bad game, but a half bad game. What did you make of it, Superstar? I think that he just kind of sleepwalked through the whole, you know, after the first quarter. He, he came out, he was engaged, he was locked in. And then after that, he was just kind of like, they went up big and he just, he wasn't into it anymore. Um, usually this is a game like against Angelo Russell that he's usually into the into it. He's he's locked in and he he wants to go at them. Um, once they went up in the game, he just kind of was like, just just do whatever you, you guys want to do. Um, he, he he really did. He didn't have a Murray game in what like in any way. He didn't demand the ball. He didn't want to go back and forth. It was just kind of like I'm just here. So like like D line was saying, I think that he was just um, tired. He, he just not into this one. Yeah, <laughs> man. I, the, the comments you guys, are, the comments are always so distracting. Goddamn hilarious. Brandon Brown says it. Say it, Eric. It was his legs. It was his legs. His <laughs> leg issues. <laughs> Tired <What>? legs. <laughs> but I mean, this is we joke about it, but there's something to this. I mean, look, Jokic played 37 minutes tonight. Barton 36. Jokic has never played the minutes that he's been playing to open the season. Other than maybe the only time I could think of him playing this type of minute load was the last six or seven or eight games of the 2018 season. Remember, Denver needed to win all of them yep. to make the playoffs. And so Jokic started playing like tons and tons and tons of minutes. That's the only time he's ever had a stretch like this in the regular season. And that it's come in the first six games. Is it six or seven? We're in seven games now, right? Uh, three we are and, now three and four. So this three is and the four. seventh game. Seventh game. So now seven games into the season and he's putting up this kind of minute total. I am a little concerned, I would say. Even Jokic, I thought tonight, looked a little sluggish. Like, you know, looked a little totally. fatigued. So, um, you know, something to kind of keep an eye on. And I'm sure Malone wants to keep an eye on it. Um, but Jamal Murray tonight, you know, not so great. Um, hopefully he gets a back, bounce back game in the next one. Where should we go after this? Where do you guys want to go? Let's talk about the former Nuggets that came to the ball arena and, like, decided that they were going to show us what we were all missing out on. Like, what, Juancho Harden Gomez, like, can't miss a goddamn three-pointer. I feel like I haven't seen him make a three-pointer for two and a half years, and, like, he couldn't miss. Like, it was Juancho versus the, the Warriors. I know, right? I picked Gary Harris to break out of the slump. <laughs> it was Juancho, because Juancho's been in a slump, too. Like, Timberwolves fans, uh, you know, they, they had their pitchforks out for him, but, uh, yeah, he was on fire, and he was hitting, like, the fun threes. Yeah, dude, and he had little. I mean, of course he cooled off. Like, yeah, but he's had that second quarter where he just like could not miss. He and like he was driving the lane, like he was doing everything, and then a T turned like back into Wancho. When Wancho is like on like that, it's just fun to watch too. It just seems like he just, it's so much gravity towards him, and he just finds the open spot every time. And his shot is so beautiful; he gets it off so quickly. He he got hot, and I was like, I was really nervous. I'm like. This is the perfect revenge <laughs> for a player like him. Like, that's fun because the Nuggets respect him so much. Like, when you look back at, like, how basically how they treat him, um, yeah. I'm sure that they liked Vanderbilt and I'm sure that they liked Malik Beasley, but it just seems a, a lot different with the respect factor and how much they loved Wancho. You can tell that they really miss oh, him. And dude. So, like, it was perfect to see him have a good game, but the Nuggets still win. Because you're, you're still rooting for a guy like that. <laughs> no. I was going to say, like, as when he was going off, I was, it wasn't like, 
when D'Lo would hit a three and I'd be like, God damn it. I, we'd yeah, watch you hit it. We'd you watch you hit it. And I'm like, shot. okay. All right. Good. Yeah, good yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're rooting on the Nuggets, but you're also like, that's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So true. Shot, you're like, who's leaving him open? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he he looked really good for that first part. It made you made made us all miss him. Uh, just I didn't I didn't also, really miss him though. I gotta be honest. I was you like, didn't. It, it, oh, no, I do. It, it, well, I missed I missed him because like every image of him like pre-game so and post-game. Boy, it's just like him embracing Nikola yeah. Jokic. They're just like locked in a bro hug. And every that's what I miss. Uh, yeah, I know, but I don't I don't miss him on the court. Like you, this is like such a rare Wancho occurrence. I mean, I like, think you it's can't... his second highest point total ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, arguably his second best career game. So. <laughs> so crazy. Of course, I think he belongs in Denver, though, guys. I mean, clearly his best games happen in Denver. Um, the up... Go ahead. I said best things happens in Denver. And also, it seems like Jokic is happier when Wancho's around. Yeah, it seems like Murray's happier. Gary Harris really loved him. Like, he, he deserves to be here. Then you have players like Jared Vanderbilt, and it seemed like he was getting into it with the, the Nuggets guys. Like him and Jokic really oh, had yeah. going against each other. Um, where they're, you know, pushing each other around. Jokic takes a very, very hard foul on him. But Vanderbilt's one of those players that'll frustrate you because he's, yep. he has so much energy. He's, yep. he's everywhere on the floor. He's diving after loose balls. He's elbowing. He's, he's doing every single thing that you you don't want when you're going against them, but you love him for when he's on your team. And right now he's not with the Nuggets. So it's like, <laughs> you remember all the things that you didn't like about him now that he's on a different yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Vanda was hilarious tonight too, because he, he, you're right. Like he was like, and one, and yeah, like, yeah, screaming, all right, yeah. dude, all right, dude. Like, come on, like, chill out. That was like a terrible little layup. But he would, dude. He was like, he was, uh, he was hustling. He was. I mean, all those ex Nuggets were. I mean, it really, honestly, just felt like we were watching like an intramural Nuggets uh, scrimmage. It was like every player was like either a current or former Nugget. <laughs> Yeah. It's very well, strange. Who, well, look who's here, guys. The man with the wind oh, in his hair, the arena at his oh, back. And the mask on his face. The mask on his face. Uh, Harrison, what's happening, brother? What's up, guys? Man, good, good to be with you. Good to be with you. <laughs> well, it's good to have you on. Um, we're talking about the Vandalorian, I see. I like that's great. That's a great nickname. The I know. We don't, we can't, we don't we get can't use it. We can't use it. We'll have to just Oh, my God, dude. Can you imagine if we had the Vandalorian and Faku, which is like Grogu? <laughs> I, I don't want to think about this. I'm upset. Um, but Vando, to me, he, you were talking about he was frustrating Jokic. I don't think there's anything personal there. Like, Vando wasn't challenging Jokic for the crown yeah. in Denver. Like, that, that's, uh, there's nothing there. But what it was is, and I know this, this is a very, I'm coming from a very personal place here, guys. There's no <laughs> player I like playing against least than the string bean big guy who gets away with everything. This is what it was. This is what Jokic hated is Vanderbilt plays recklessly. There was one replay they showed. Um, and it actually wasn't, it was Jermichael Green got the foul, where Vando's just like basically like leaning on him and hugging him and this and that. And finally, you know, Jermichael Green throws him off like this and gets the foul call. And it's like, yeah, it's a foul on the skinny guy. It's just he doesn't knock him over because he weighs 30 pounds. That's the only reason. I think I weigh him. more than Vando, to be honest. Dude, like, he's so skinny. But uh, I know I may weigh more than Vando. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I'm, a good, I'm a good, like, two feet shorter than he is. I oh, wasn't going to say it. I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> the worst is Bobo. Like, when you see his weight, it's like 215 or something. You're like, holy crap, we all weigh more than Bobo. Um, anyway, Vando, he played really well tonight. I'm curious to see if he breaks into their rotation at all. I know that. Wolves fans have enjoyed his energy and his effort. Mm -hmm. I, I do. He is pretty unskilled, though, and seeing him at the foul line tonight was like, every time he got fouled, I was like, oh, thank God. That's <laughs> automatic zero points. That's <laughs> what it felt like. Um, yeah. so, but uh, Harrison, what, is, what, are, what are your big takeaways from the game? Um, I mean, it felt like the last win against Minnesota. Um, a, a win that you don't feel great about, but I thought Michael Malone kind of summed it up kind of well after the game. He was like, wins are hard to come by for us right now. Bottom line, we're trying to figure this thing out as we go. And I mean, uh, this Nuggets team I don't, is not playing great, um, but they just need to get some wins anywhere they can right now, and that's what they did. Uh, a big takeaway I did have from tonight, though, like the fourth quarter defense was, was pretty good. And I think it's kind of been a theme with this team in the regular season for sure. When they want to defend, they can. And yeah. 
that's kind of just what happened in the fourth. I I'm gonna push back a little, just a little bit on that and say they when they want to defend they can for like eight minutes. I think they have eight minutes of turbo sure. and they just sure. save yeah. it. Maybe maybe less. Maybe it's six minutes of turbo and they're like, all right, it's, it's time. Which is yeah, and, and they defended in the first quarter. I thought they defended pretty well in the first quarter. Like that was you can obviously envision Michael Malone pregame in the locker room being like, all right, let's have a great defensive first quarter. They go out and do that let go of the rope in the second, the third quarter, et cetera, and then pick it up again in the fourth. Minnesota gets 22 points in the first quarter, 20 in the fourth quarter. So to your point, those are really good numbers. Then 43 in the second, woof, and 31 in the third. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty rough. Um, should we hit – actually, no, let's, let's just go to Michael Malone real, real quick, then we'll hit a break before we get to everybody else. What else did Malone – so he's talking about the team adjusting and learning each other on the fly. What I feel like he's saying in, in there, Harrison, is – He's learning which guys he can trust and which combos because I think he solved Jermichael Green. That's a player. He's in the rotation. Compazzo. Totally. I think I think Malone has figured out what works and what does not work with Compazzo. And two games of him playing well in a row now, I, I think there's something too. I, I think there's something about, okay, Malone now knows where he belongs in this rotation, and I feel a lot more confident with him. Do you think it's other stuff, or do you think it's still like him – that's what he's talking about, where to play guys and how many minutes of this or that. Yeah, I think that's the track he's on there. With Camposo, it's interesting, though, because he was asked post-game what's kind of clicked for him over these last couple of games. And Malone didn't really talk about uh, the lineups or, like, the comfort build- comfortability. He said opportunity. He mm. said opportunity with Michael Porter Jr. out of the lineup. So I thought that was interesting. He said the biggest thing that's allowed him to get in a rhythm is opportunity. Uh, He pointed out Faku's defense on D'Angelo Russell tonight. He thought for the large part that was was pretty good defense that he played. I would agree. Um, You know, Compazzo – his his the effectiveness of his defense seems to be a little bit up and down. Although the last two games it's been yeah. mostly up, it's been mostly up. So to to that point, and that's one of the things they're looking for. Um, yeah. What about? I mean, he obviously hasn't mentioned this, but I'm I'm just kind of throwing it out to the group. Hardstein's out. He's out on the rotation two games in a row now. Maybe well, this was just a Minnesota thing. Yeah, but I think it is. I think I absolutely think it's what it is. It's like I mean, yeah, it's two games in a row, but it's two games in a row against the same opponent that doesn't have a traditional center at, in their yeah. backup unit. So th- there's no point in throwing a big guy in there. Um, it was just, it was just matchup stuff like that. That's the thing. Like Malone's going to have so many weird or just the ability to, to match up players against uh, specific teams. Like Faku, a lot of times feels like he's like a, a matchup kind of player. Like it, you can't put him in against Chris Paul as we learned, but you can put him in against like, DN or D'Lo and, and, and like not as uh, players that aren't as fast at that level. And then um, Hartenstein, I feel like is going to, or Hartenstein's absolutely going to be part of the, the rotation in the next game. Like for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah well, it, it's definitely a Minnesota thing, but the thing about it is a lot of teams play small like Minnesota does. So yeah, I, I think yeah. there could be a lot of these games where he's just out of the rotation and actually about 15 minutes before I hopped on this call, I watched Isaiah Hartenstein go through a, a shooting session out uh, out on center court at Ball Arena, and um, yeah, not not the most uh, tantalizing stuff. Also, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's tantalized. Funny about, yeah, what's funny about that is usually when guys go out and work out, everybody's like, "Man, I just watched Mason Plumlee <laughs> trade five threes in a row." Like. Because all these guys can make shots in an empty gym, but Harrison unimpressed. Yeah. <laughs> I feel really bad for that rim. <laughs> all right, let's take another break. I want to hear more of what was said in the uh, post game, but first, let's hit our last commercial break and tell you about Strava Craft Coffee. Are, do you have these up, Harrison? Are you are you all ready? Oh. You know, it's Adam. It seems like you got these up. <laughs> it seems like you're ready to go. I'm just I'm just gonna let you vibe. I'm gonna let you go. You know, let's two man game this one here. So you know, Stra- Strava Pick and Craft pop it, Coffee. Baby. Have you not heard about it? It's the Colorado local CBD-infused coffee made right here. It can be shipped straight to your door. In fact, if you order now with a subscription, you get 20% off your order every single time. You just make the order how much you want to drink. It'll come straight to your door. Uh, you never have to go shopping for coffee. You just always get the, not the number one best stuff. And then, of course, you guys know me. What am I all about? 
Denver. Honk like City a goose. Denver. Oh. Honk, honking like a goose. <laughs> I am, yeah, you know, I do like to honk like a goose from time to time. But I'm all about local. Strava Craft Coffee is local. So rep uh, the state of Colorado with a little bit of pride. And then, of course, if you are just wanting to try it out in a one-off sample, then you can go ahead and use the promo code DNVR20, and you get 20% off of that. CBD infused, it helps with back aches, migraines, joint pain, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, then we have DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook. I went one for two tonight, my Ooh. stupid my stupid bet on Gary Harris. What a terrible yeah. bet. The worst bet of all time. I feel so embarrassed even admitting this, but... Uh, <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, it's the top-rated sportsbook app right now. And if you haven't checked out the app, there's no better time to sign up to celebrate the most exciting time of the football season for some states, maybe not necessarily for Denver. Denver, not, not, not that exciting of a time. <laughs> it's actually the most exciting time of the Denver season, which is just the playoffs with other teams playing. That's true. We don't feel guilty like watching the other teams and, and having an interest <laughs> here. Uh, but DraftKings has given you a chance to double your money. All it takes is for one touchdown. I'm actually, have you guys already done this? If, if not, go and do it right now. Now because this is DraftKings every now and then is like, hey, do you guys want 25 free dollars? If there's one touchdown on Sunday in, or on Saturday, any of the Saturday football games, you get uh, to double your money on that $25 bet. So um, check it out. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use promo code DNVR. That way you can qualify for that. Limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, Call 1-800-522-4700. Let's go back into the locker room here. Do you actually leave your seat for the Zoom, or is it just, are you right there for the Zoom? <laughs> no, it's actually really funny what happens here. So I've talked about how the music during games is just, like, turned up to the max yeah. volume, definitely way above where it was when there were fans here. It shuts off literally right as Michael Malone starts his post-game presser. So... It's just a row of us media at our same seats where we watch the game, just on Zoom for the pressers. Yeah, so sort of. I don't leave my seat. Yeah. You just sit there the entire time. <laughs> Wins secretly hates going to the game because you you don't really get like you, all you get is tiny little details. Like you could see the huddles a little bit more. You know, you could do this or that. Mainly, you just get a worse view of the game. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, not too bad. All right. So, who else spoke tonight? So I want to talk about Will Barton uh, for a second because I think he had a sneaky good game tonight. I don't Thank know if you hit on it that much. I said yeah. I said as much. These two clowns. The said problem, that was no, wrong. the problem. No. The, the problem is you said you gave him as the second best player in the game. It's not what I said. I said he was the prince of the game. Yeah, that's the second best player. <laughs> yeah, second in line. That's he was the yet yeah, the second born son. He was, not, he was you know. He was a yeah, little, but that was that was Jermichael Green. That was the issue. Is the your ordering? That was the issue. We uh, weren't against Barton. Well, yeah, yeah. sounds like you were. All right, tell, tell, thank okay. you, Harrison. But wait a minute. Thing. Just because Harrison said it doesn't mean it. Whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> well, okay. So here's what I, I that jumped out to me about Barton's game. He missed a couple layups, and I think finishing a, around the rim has been a struggle of his early on this season. But 19 points, 7 of 14 from the field, hit a couple threes, seven rebounds, three assists, two steals. And I thought his defense – Guys, I, I thought his defense on Malik Beasley from the opening tip, this was like really obvious. Malik killed them a couple nights ago. It felt like to me that Barton really came out and just wanted to establish himself and just make Malik Beasley feel him from the opening tip. So I thought his defense was good. And then Michael Malone on Will Barton says for him to finally get a chance to throw down a dunk with authority, you know he's starting to get his legs back, getting his pop back. Yeah, well – TBD on that, although he did have a couple of those dunks. But to your point about Beasley, I don't think there's any chippiness between them or anything like that. I'm not trying to, like, start a rumor of this or that. But you would think so based on how much he screamed in his face. What was it? Was it a steal and a dunk that he got? That Was that the play that he gets in his face and just kind of, like, it flexes was on it? in the first quarter. Yeah. What happened on that play? Walk us through that play. I mean, I can't, I can't remember which one it was. Nobody remembers? Well, I thought – did Barton pick Beasley's pocket and then Barton got a dunk and then Beasley was just kind of hanging around and it seemed like there was some jawing for sure. Yeah. yeah. It felt like there's friendly trash talk amongst ex teammates. That one felt a little for bit sure. like, that felt a little bit like, no man, <laughs> not tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like Wancho at a certain point, like raked Jokic's face and then Jokic ended up like patting him on the back of the yeah. head. Right, like, yeah, it's yeah. fine. It's okay. But yeah, wait, that, that wasn't quite the same vibe with the, uh, the Barton Beasley dunk. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So Barton also had just like some all-time quotes. This was was a great a great Will Barton session. A real throwback to uh, to simpler times in, yeah. in the Nuggets locker yeah. room after games. Um, Will Barton on Nikola Jokic quote: "I tell him before every game." Go out there and win MVP. He can be the best player in the world if he wants to. He can't be stopped. What the H, man? You think Barton will uh, hit, like take the place and be my dad for a while and just pump me up before I do stuff? <laughs> I need one of you guys to step That's up. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, every time I go to a show, I'm like, Adam, you can win an Emmy, man. Like, go for it. Don't be you're going to do, do a great show. You're going to make Thanks. great points. Right, Everyone's going to realize how much you love Jokic, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, that's great. Yeah. And honestly, we see that stuff. I think one of, that's one of the things is we see, you know, a little bit closer behind the scenes on that stuff. And Barton and Monte's the other guy, Mr. Nugget, who I think is just always like he's first team all encouraging friend. You know, he's the guy that's mm-hmm. like, have you seen what was that movie? The Flight, the Kite, Kite Runner. You guys remember that one? He had the one friend that was always like hyping up the other one, even though the other one was really bad to him. That's kind of yeah. how, like how Monte is. He's always like he's the little friend that's like, "Yo, hey, no, mm-hmm. you're the man. I'm just here to help you out." Unreal. And I love that stuff. Um, all right. It. So, uh, what else in the post game today? Uh, Will Barton on playing with Faku Campasso. Quote: He has a great feel for the game, and he's a pro. He's just a joy to play with. He has a lot of a lot of fun out there, and I love playing with him. Who's mm. these guys? These, just, these, these guys are uh, couldn't be happy. Nothing like a win over the Minnesota Timberwolves back to back. We're all we're all like stuff, pretty yeah. miserable, but uh, they're feeling good. So like, maybe we should change our tune a little bit. <laughs> Cousin Barton, I like this one. I like Is it nephew yeah. Faku then? Is Kampasa the nephew? Um, yeah. Yeah, so is there anything else from the postgame? So Barton, Jokic, Malone? Uh, let, let me talk about Jokic. He had some good ones, too. Uh, he was asked about Wancho. And then some... Oh, uh, here, comes, here comes the love. Some, some discrepancy postgame. I think it was somebody from the Nuggets telling Yoke that Wancho got his career high tonight. And uh, Wancho had 25. And then Yoke butts in and says, oh, no, I'm sure he had 30. I'm sure he had 30 with us. And then yours truly comes in and saves the day. <laughs> I'm, I'm up asking the next question. Of course, I have to inform Nicola that his career high was 27. It was 27. Oh, wow. The Wancho game, of course. Wait, wait. Like, this is... Of course. Come on. Wait, can you, you saved the day by telling Jokic he was wrong? <laughs> why would you do that, Harrison? <laughs> yeah, why would you? Why, why can't you be more like Barton and just let him be yeah. the MVP of the uh, post game there? I'm, just, I'm all about the truth. You guys know that. All about the truth. I kind of want to go back and watch it and see if they missed a three because I kind of trust Jokic in this one. To be honest with you, I know I would not be surprised if he actually had thirty and yeah. they missed. Or they just missed a like three. That. They gave Mike yeah. Miller one of his. Um, so, so, so Jokic was asked about you know Will telling him before every game that he should go out there and win MVP if he thinks about MVP at all, and Yoke pretty much just said no, I don't. I just think about the next game. Quote, when you think about things in the future, it puts a lot of pressure on yourself. So next game mentality. Do we believe that? No. <laughs> I was going to say, man, I don't know. I mean, look, I do, think Jokic, I do think Jokic is a pretty present player. Like, I, I think he's – there are some players that you could tell are always thinking about legacy or this. I think Jokic mostly lives in the present. But I think he knows where the stats are. I think he knows when he has eight assists. I think he knows when he's got yeah. nine rebounds or this or that, and he's he's this close. So, so you're saying your 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 assertion here is that he knew specifically that I needed him to get nine assists, and he was hung up on six and was fine with it. Oh dang it! You're right. I needed that too. I went over two tonight, <laughs> not one and one. I went over two. Dang it! What Freaking a tough joker, night. dude. Freaking joker, dude. Jokic and Gary. Oh, what a letdown. Yeah. Was there anything else from Jokic tonight? Was he pretty chipper tonight? He was pretty chipper. He was oh. pretty chipper indeed. Spoke glowingly of oh. J- Michael Green. Yes, uh, the said, prince of the game, some, some are saying. <laughs> some, many are saying. <laughs> some are talking about him as the prince of the game. Um, quote, you always love a guy like Jamichael because he's going to give you everything. He's going to give you heart. Whatever he's doing, he's always going to do 100%. He's going to set amazing screens. If you want him to run, he's going to run as fast as he can. Man, that. that that's a big endorsement. And I, you know what's funny is Jermichael Green's a Jokic guy because I think Jokic just like it's, – it's funny because as much as Jokic is the engine, he still likes to make the right play. and Even sometimes that's him taking himself out, sometimes totally. maddeningly so. And I think he likes other players that are that way. And, and Jermichael, I, I really do think he's that way. Like he's – Jokic is never doing this thing to – you know, he, Jokic's other nervous tick when he's upset, have you guys noticed, it's the touch the nose. 
Have you guys noticed mm. this? Like, you know this one? I feel like that's because he's gotten recently hit in the nose, which happens no, every no, no, single. No. Like what, his what? nose gets redder and redder. No, as he went that's up. Tory Craig that does that. <laughs> if you watch uh watch you know this next game if michael porter takes a shot that's maybe not the greatest shot Jokic does this one it's like a all right okay um so we'll find out well let's turn our attention to this next game then because three and four we're almost back denver can climb their way out of this hole and get to 500 look you know who's the worst team the laughing stock of the nba after two games the golden state warriors they're all of a sudden back now everybody's talking about how great they are and is steph curry the greatest player in the nba i don't know like we've really switched the narrative on that there's a lot of team the atlanta hawks were the best team in the nba now they're you know here same goes for the brooklyn nets this young season i, I think this. I, I, this young team or this young season is telling us that narratives are flipping a lot and i do think of course. that it we all live in the silo of we're focused in on the nuggets and only the nuggets and the nuggets are still three and four they're not four and three you know they're still three and four but i do feel like there's a psychological thing maybe it's just for me that if they can get to four and four it feels like the season starts over like okay totally. now we get to throw everything else out and let's just start from from this point um what do you think dev i mean how big do you feel like this next game is for denver I think it's a, it's a big game and a, a good part of that game. And what you just talked about was the fact that since we cover the Nuggets and since we're a Nuggets show, we're so fixated on the Nuggets, but you don't look at the other teams. The Mavericks are having a season that's kind of just like the Nuggets. They're losing to some teams that they're not supposed to be losing to. Um, they have a couple of wins um, and maybe they're, they're trying to catch their stride, but that's also a team that's still trying to find themselves. So, Say that you beat the Mavericks, which we know is a playoff team, which is a team that has a superstar in the league. Now you start to get a rhythm. Now you get to find a zone. You went from streaking to now all your clothes are off and you're running full speed down the, down the street. <laughs> and, and things of that nature. That sentence went in a weird place, I got to be honest. I, yeah. I didn't expect that. <laughs> you feel like you're, you're in a good place if you, if you get a win against a team that's also trying to find themselves at the exact same time that you're yeah. trying to find themselves. And they're also a Western Conference team that was in the playoffs last year. Um, so a, a win now with three straight uh, three straight games, you start to forget about the Sacramento Kings type of games, and now you start to to build on the season um, itself. You go to a, a winning record, or you know at least closer to the winning record, and, and now you're you're a team that you're, you're looking like yourselves. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and MPJ, I see a lot of questions in the comments. People asking, do we know when MPJ is coming back? It's next game, right? He, th that's uh, like he, I, he, I believe he should be back next game. Yeah, yeah, and that's a whole new wrinkle, to be honest with you, because I mean, it's Denver has built a little bit of momentum. Granted, it's against a really horrible. I mean, this Timberwolves team, guys, if they would have lost either of these games, it would have yeah. been like uh, the alarm bells would have gone off because if they would have lost either of these games, man. They they needed these ones, and it would have been nice to have Michael Porter in these ones because I think it, yeah. this would have been a nice exhibition for him to sort of get in the flow, but. You know, that's that as long as Michael Porter is in the lineup, he's going to be a major story and all eyes are going to be kind of on him. The one thing I'll say is there was a lot of talk about his defense and it anchoring the team down. The team got stops when they needed over the last two games. Their defense hadn't looked great quarters two and three, no. um, especially in quarters two. So, you know, he, he's coming in. He's got to help solve a problem that nobody in that team has solved just yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait for MPJ to come back. The thing about the Nuggets season so far, I mean, we were laughing earlier, like, talking about, you know, like, where is your panic level, like, three games ago, and we're like, dude, if, if, if people are, like, really panicking this much, like, you just have to understand, like, this is the way a NBA season goes. It's just, yeah. like, nonstop ebbs and flows, yeah. and people are, you know teams it makes sense and it doesn't make sense the dynamics change all the time and um the one troubling thing for me about the nugget season so far is that we just have not really seen a full game be put together and a lot of that has yeah. to do with the fact yeah. that um you know we're changing the lineup all the time uh mpj has been out uh you know and so i don't i still don't quite know what the bench unit looks like like i i don't know who the go-to bench lineup is like i know who it is against 
the Wolves because we saw it two times in a row. Like, I don't know if if uh, Malone is planning to stagger uh, the starting lineup into the bench the same way he's been doing these last couple games. If Porter's involved, like, if is Hartenstein involved? Like, there's just so many questions, and like, I mean, that's why you play the regular season. Frankly, it's like to sort of like figure out who this team is. Um, the Nuggets have not played even close to a complete game yet, um, but you know they're really close to being three and, or four and four. Coming back to yeah. 500, and I agree with you, Adam. Like that, it's start start new, new season. Like if we can get get totally. four, four, it's four. like totally. we start over. Like we can just forget about those two ridiculous losses to the Kings and just uh, the Kings, know, who forward. by the way might not be good. Like we thought, maybe they're the surprise team this <laughs> they're year. Not. They're definitely not good. <laughs> they're a bad team. Those were bad losses. Um, <laughs> if you want to look at the silver linings here, there are Denver is now tied for eight, nine, ten. Right, they're tied eight, nine, ten in, in the with Dallas, by the way, and Sacramento. But if you look at the diff point differential, and this is usually the best indication, there's only six teams in the West that have a positive point differential right now. Denver's one of them. Um, the Lakers, the Suns, okay, those are clearly the two best teams out of the gate right now. They, they both have been dominating. Uh, Dallas, New Orleans, the Clippers, and Denver all right there, kind of bunched up between one and two and a half. And then if you want to talk about winning streaks, guys, Denver now has the second longest winning streak. Let's go! Let's freaking go, dude. Thank oh, God for the Timberwolves. <laughs> Thank freaking God. Thank God. Like, another, another thing about Wednesday, it's on national TV. Oh, my God. That's terrible. I think it could be kind of like a, um, a narrative-setting game for Denver. <laughs> the Nuggets play really well. The narrative is going to be, oh, these guys started off really poorly. They had a lot of new pieces. They've, they're getting everybody integrated, but they're hitting their stride. If Denver doesn't play well, the narrative is going to be like, yeah, the Nuggets are oh, so true. Rock. So true, man. There's going to be a lot of narrative written on this. And by the way, I don't know if I don't know Jokic's updated numbers, but they're going to be pretty pr- impressive. His per games. I mean, he's still averaging a triple double, even though he only got the six assists tonight. He's averaging a triple double and that 15 rebounds going to boost that up. 35 points going to boost his points up, uh, and his assists only sag a little. So going into that game, to your point, Harrison. We've been waiting. Magic Johnson the other day really pissed me off when he listed. He said, Steph Curry is in the running for MVP along with, and he listed like 16 guys and none of them were Jokic. So, but this national television game on Orthodox Christmas is an opportunity for him to steal some of the narrative and be like, oh, a lot of people, if Denver can get a win, a lot of people are going to look and go, oh, I didn't realize Jokic was averaging 26 points, 12 rebounds, 12 assists, and shooting 70%. I told you guys this in the Slack. This Orthodox Christmas can be the December 15th moment of this season. Uh, Michael Porter coming back. This is looking like it's going to be the first time when Denver's going to have its projected opening night rotation available. That's true. This could be it. This could be it. I like that. So who plays? I mean, obviously, I think we have to assume Michael Porter is playing. That he, he, I think he'll be back in the starting lineup. I don't think Denver's going to try to mess with that. Do you think, Dev? I would say no, but they're they're streaking right now without them, so it would be hard to to not implement them into that. So I think that I think that they're going to stick with the lineup that they have going right now. Oh my! Yo, we we Dev, when you say it, we just have to be clear. When you say streaking, you mean like putting games together, or, or do you mean taking clothes off? Because you've you've said it in both ways. You I mean, have what, interchanged the way you. But that, yeah. I think that if you if you leave it with so much like uh, mystique. People have to guess. So I tell you guys because now everybody That's has good. to guess. That's really so good. People are going to think that I'm talking about no clothes. And like, <laughs> I, I actually, I am actually guessing you're talking about no clothes. Which side do you want? You know? <laughs> da- Dallas can't defend. Um, neither can Denver. I mean, I, I think I'm comfortable saying it. I don't. Denver's defense. And by the way, if you haven't listened to the Keeping It 1000 podcast, guys, it's not on the DNVR Nuggets feed. It's, it's, it's on. It's a good app. It's really, yeah, it's really interesting. He had a lot of like interesting details in there. Every time I listen to you and George Carl talk, like he'll say something, I'll be like, "Yeah, you know what? That's actually dead. <laughs> right. That's like, exactly right." Like he's, uh, what did he say about? Uh, I'll have to think about it. But I, 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 I like when I listen to it. I like I, I he just called love the Nuggets his... front office the L word. I remember that. What did he call <laughs> the L word? Lazy What's the L word. Oh, lazy. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he was a little. He came in hot on the on the Nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> Came in hot on me though for a while there too. He's, like, <laughs> he's, he's throwing arrows at everybody, but um, hey, that's why we call it keeping it one thousand. He doesn't hold back. He he keeps everything real. So um, I, if you haven't listened to that, it's me and George Carl. We're going to do one every two weeks throughout the entire season. It's always great, whether you agree with him or not. It's great to get the perspective of a, an NBA coach because 
they just see things so differently than we do. Um, so it's always nice to listen to. But um, he's my grandpa. He's your grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I can see. I see the resemblance. <laughs> that, uh, this one. This one is for sure. But yeah. yeah. So, uh, but uh, you know, just Denver defensively, man. One of the things he said in there was that. His prediction is Denver's not going to be good defensively all season. He said if they are, it's not going to be till the end of the year, meaning it's going to take an entire season for this group of guys to figure out how to play defense at a high level. And after watching it tonight, I'm with you, Harrison. They do have guys that have been through this that can play defense in short order, but I don't know if they have 48 minutes of defense in them just yet, and I do think that's going to be a thing that takes (laughs) – I don't think it's coming on Thursday. I think it's going to be a thing that takes a while. Yeah, I'd agree. And, I mean, you insert Michael Porter Jr. into this thing, and, and that's another obstacle you've got to overcome on the defensive end of the floor, too. Sorry, well, lesbian I, duck. You've got to be. Do you have the outro music? Yeah, D-Line, do you have the outro music? We're yes, getting kicked off the yeah, stage. Oh, we're getting booed off. Yeah, this is like at the Oscars. Lesbian duck said it was time to go, so. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks for listen, uh, tuning in, guys. Um, you know, Denver does get the win. This team's still a work in progress, but I am excited for this upcoming game because, to your point, if Michael Porter's back, they get everybody back. And I'm curious to see who plays, who doesn't, and also just how those pieces fit. Uh, gives them more weapons, gives Malone a little bit more of a difficult task. But it's Serbian Christmas, guys. It's I Orthodox Christmas. It. We're, we're having a Jokic game. I can feel it. Just two more. We're streaking. Not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but it would be pretty funny if Denver does go on like an eight, nine, ten game streak right now, and we panicked out through this whole thing. And we didn't panic, but we had to. Talk. I'm not saying panic. I'm just saying we we talked about this team and how terrible they look. Well, they the were place. terrible. They've been terrible. They're currently terrible, but it, they have this in them, like. That we've seen them do it. We just need to see them put it all together. You know what we saw tonight? We saw Faku Kampatho play a meaningful point guard role uh, to play, like, running the ball, doing what you need Faku to do, which is not to be a three-point specialist or to be just uh, playing off-ball a two. So that was uh, in- encouraging. I was happy to see that. We also saw a little two-man game from Jamal and Jokic. So we have good indications of things to come. Murray had a down game. Maybe he has an up game this next one. I hope so. So thanks, everybody. Don't forget, before you get out of here, hit that like button. Hit subscribe like, if like, you like. haven't already. Oh, Hopefully- yeah, we got two, two down votes, too. Yeah, welcome two to the haters. The we haters. love you, y'all haters. We love uh, you. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, our, our Thursday night, hopefully back in the winner's lounge. We'll see you guys all then. Adios. <laughs> you son of a bitch. There it is. There it is. <laughs> you son-